Well, it's that time of the week again. It's time for Chit Chat Across the Pond. This is episode number 696 for August 21st, 2021. And I'm your host, Allison Sharon. And this week, our guest is Bart Bouchatz, back with Programming by Self, number 123. How are you doing today, Bart? I am doing fine. Um, although our, our weather here has gone crazy. It doesn't know what it's doing. Uh, we had I got rained on this morning. We had thunderstorms this afternoon. And the sweat is now pouring off me at quarter to 11 in the evening. So I don't know what's going on. <laughs> well, it's sprinkled here. It was a nightmare. There might have been a 16th of an inch or more. It was, I had to go running in it, Bart. It was terrible. Well, you sent me a picture like the, the concrete changed from this like bright gray to a dark gray. Right. It was almost shiny. <laughs> yeah. And I bet you it was slippery as old hell. Well, I was a little worried about that, right? When uh, we have trouble actually with our, our roads because that, because we don't have rain washing the oil off of the streets. Yep. When it does sprinkle, that's the most dangerous time because it's this nice sheen of water sitting on top of oil. So uh, we we get that like once or twice a year when, you know, it hasn't rained in a while for a month and then it happens. And then the the, the traffic report is full of people saying, beware of the oil. <laughs> yeah, and then it's no problem for the next 11 months. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't happen again. All right. Are we going to uh, get to play some more with Chez Moi? We are indeed. So we're oh, not. Wait, to, wait we're let me to... tell everybody. I used oh. Chez Moi with anger. Or in anger? In anger, anger. that's the phrase. Hopefully without too much anger. Well, there was a little bit of anger. Um, But I actually, uh, somehow the configuration file we created last time, the JSON, that that Mm. told it things like uh, what editor to open in, like a big chunk of it was missing. Like half of a line here, the closing bracket there, it was, I have no idea how it happened. So that caused all kinds of anarchy, but I was able to diagnose it and I edited it. And uh, I, I still can't get it to open the editor of my choice, but uh, that's another story we can get into at some point. But it has to do with that little trick I was telling you about where applications really live. So uh, anyway, I got it working. Oh, cool. Well, that's good. I had installed the command good. line version of Joplin, and it created a configuration file and a, a dot file. And I went, "Ooh, I can put it in Chamois! Yay!" <laughs> Excellent. Well, actually, I'm I'm hoping you can demo Sh- uh, Joplin to me at some stage. Actually, because while I loved Nightwise's review, um, it was slightly missing the bit I care about most, which is the metadata and how I can organize all my stuff. Ah. Okay, well, maybe I should do a little bit more in depth. I am going to do a, uh, a screencast online episode about it. For anybody who only listens to this show and doesn't listen to uh, the NoSilicast, Joplin is a uh, note-taking, notebooking kind of app to replace uh, the likes of um, Evernote. And uh, uh, Nightwise did a great review of it, and I've been using it, and it is beautiful. I, I actually double-checked to see that it was open source. That's how pretty it is. I was like, no. So not for geeks by geeks. Well, that is yeah. one of my least favorite things about the open source world. I mean, they're great at doing command line interfaces, but the GUIs, yeesh, yeah. yeah. But but this still has a command line interface, which is crazy. You can open a, a, a text editor in your in the command line, and it makes a little three paned window and stuff. It's hilarious. Ooh. I mean, it, it's not useful to me in that form, but I did it just to say that I could, you know. That sounds like my kind of thing, really. I'm definitely, definitely very curious to see how you get on with it. All right. Anyway, where last we left our uh, our story, we had uh, done the basics. We had installed Shemo. We had added some stuff into our source. We had applied it to get it into our destination. We edited it. Then we reapplied it. And then we removed it from our source and from our destination. 
So that's really your very basic add stuff, change stuff, delete stuff. That's, you know. So what we want to do today is two things, and they're both laying the foundation for the final phase of this operation, which is to have Shamewa synchronizing your dot files across multiple machines in an intelligent way so that they can be similar, but not necessarily identical. Ooh. Because you often want mostly the same, but not exactly the same between mm. your different devices. So the two pieces to make that possible, the two bits of foundation we're laying this, uh, this installment are first, we're getting our stuff off our computers into the cloud. So it is a local Git repository. So we basically add a remote and we push. And then, hey, presto, it is in the cloud. Nice and safe. We have a backup and we have a place to pull from on our future other machines. And cloud can be interpreted in different ways, correct? Yeah, not this computer is how I'm interpreting it. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> um, now, in the worked example, I'll be talking about doing it to a private GitHub repo because I think that is the perfect, uh, perfect okay. fit. And since free GitHub accounts can do private repos these days, you know, it really is a, a perfect fit. Ideal, yeah. And the second part then is this whole, the basis of this ability to do different things in different places, which is templating. And so we've met templating in our JavaScript era of this long running series. Mm -hmm. Particularly, we met mustache templates. Right. And while it is true that the, the Shema people are very good about not reinventing wheels, they don't necessarily choose the exact wheels we here at Programming by Stealth have chosen to use. So their templating engine is not mustache. Their templating engine is actually from the Go language, and it's called text slash template, hmm. which is okay. a very boring name for a templating engine. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, mustache is and a it, lot more fun. It is. It also uses two curly braces as the delimiter just to confuse us completely. <laughs> but anyway, it's it's a good language. So let's start off with phase one, which is getting our stuff to the cloud. And really, this is a three-step process. So step one is to create an empty, that is to say an uninitialized private repository, loosely speaking, in the cloud. So uninitialized means no commits. You want, you want a repository with nothing in it. That way you can push to it without getting errors. Okay. Because you didn't create, you didn't pull from a remote repository, make some edits, and then push. You started locally. Right. So you now right. need to import your everything from you needs to go up to the cloud. So if there's already stuff in the way, then you're going to be forced to do a minus minus force and all these kind of shenanigans. Or if you just make it an empty repository, you get zero errors, zero problems, and it just works. So you can do that at GitHub in, in private repos? There's an option to you say can. empty, uninitialized. Yeah, so I just realized that I took screenshots and I have the notes in the show notes telling me where to sheet screenshots need to go, but I didn't actually give them to you. Okay, So well, that's all right. Um, when you actually do it, um, when, when you create the repository on GitHub, uh, you, you have to give it a name and you know, all that kind of stuff. But mm -hmm. below that, so if you go to GitHub now and you click the green plus button, you know, you, you know, you get to give it a name, you get to give it a description. And then there's a set of radio buttons for public and private. So you want to pick private. I'm that far. And then below that, there's a heading, initialize this repository with, and then there's tick boxes. Oh, just don't, don't tick, tick anything? <laughs> exactly. Don't tick anything. And then click create repository. And it actually says, skip this step if you're importing an existing repository. Which is exactly what we're doing. 
Okay, so you do create it at GitHub first, though. Yes, it has. It exists, but it's empty. So it's in that sort of a strange limbo state. And there's a Git repo with zero commits, zero branches, zero anything. Okay. Just a, I have one now. Place. So when you have your empty repository, you, you then copy the URL. Uh, I would suggest the SSH URL because I'm assuming we all have our keys set up as we've done in previous installments. And then what you want to do is add that that URL to your local Shamar repository as origin and then do a push and track. As origin to my... Okay, do I know how to do that? Yes, so when we learned about remotes, we learned that you give a remote a name and a URL and that the traditional name for the upstream repository is origin. It could be boogers, but... Right. We go with origin. Okay. Anyway, we'll do I hope a work example. Spell this out. Good. Okay, because I'm a little rusty on that. Yeah, exactly. It's practice, right? So you go in, you do what we just said. You don't take any of the tick boxes, so you're all up to date there. Uh, when the repository is created, GitHub will let you copy the URL, and it defaults to letting you copy the SSH URL. So accept its defaults. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once you have your URL, you want to go into the Shamos source directory. And the easiest way to do that is with the Shamos space CD command that just oh, right. brings you into a, brings you straight into your source. So now what we want to do is we want to first off add a remote named origin. So with the command for that is git space remote space add space origin space. Paste in your big ugly URL. Oh, so that's not a... Uh, return there. That's all one line. It uh, it, yes, it is. Okay, that's good to know. Okay, that seemed to do something. Once you've, if it doesn't give an error, it's happy. Right. So once you've added the remote, you can then push the current branch. Now, because I'm on an older Mac, my current branch is called Master. You might just want to do a Git status to see if you and your shiny new um, what's Uh, the latest one. Oh, okay. Well, then I guess it's shame while it's being old fashioned. I think I remember in that case, you mentioning you exactly... that. Yeah. So in that case, you have to do exactly what's in the show notes, which is git space push, bleh, git space push space minus u for upstream space origin, which is the name of the remote space master, which is the branch that you want to create up in the cloud. No, actually, okay. sorry, that's the local branch you want to push to the cloud. Okay. And the minus U is what creates the connection to permanently connect them together so that henceforth you can just say git push with no more arguments and it'll just know, it'll know what you mean. And then you should, you know, counting objects, blah, 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 blah. Actually, it should, it should ask you do. for your SSH keys, right? Your passphrase? It would depend on whether you had the SSH agent configured to connect straight into your keychain or not. And I have never been able to get that to work. And we've chatted about a problem in the uh, uh, Taming the Terminal notes that I thought I knew the answer to, and I am wrong. So I've never gotten that to work yet. Uh-huh. Well, I, I need to revisit it on some machines in the near future. So I will revise the notes as I do. Okay. Because it's working on this ancient Mac as I did it like 10 years ago. Right. I think okay, it might be long. the newer. I, I think it might, might be with Big Sur it changed or something. I'm not sure. I forget what it was. Well, the it's machine been... that I have to do it on is a Big Sur machine. So, hmm. okay. 
Uh, I will test drive my own notes and append, amend as uh, required. I think I still have it as an issue uh, in in the uh, uh, Git repo for taming the terminal. Oh, then if I solve it, I can resolve an issue. Always nice to do that. <laughs> I was hoping to do it myself, but I haven't succeeded. Okay, but I entered my passphrase. I do. Okay, so, so my, pushed, my push worked. Done. There you go, you're, you're done? done. That's it. From so, now on, you just do git commit and then a git push and you're finished. Well, that was, that was, that was easy, kind of anticlimactic. It? I'm looking at my private repo and I see my dot file for joplin-bin and my ssh dot uh, and my git config and my git ignore global all up on yeah. in the cloud. All safe and sound. All right. Well, it was now, nice talking to Bart. Uh, we'll get back together in a couple of weeks. <laughs> Thank When I said this was half the show, I didn't really mean half in terms of time. Okay. And there is one more subtlety here, a, a very small subtlety. If you're the kind of person who enables the, not just the auto add command, like, like I recommended we do in the last installment, but the auto commit command, which means that every time you do something with Shamewat, you it creates a commit for you and it names it for you and it doesn't let you give everything nice titles and things, which is why I don't do it. If you're that kind of person who's auto-committing, you can take it to the next level. There's a git auto git.auto-push setting as well. So you can change your auto-commit colon true to an auto-push colon true and have it just do everything automatically. But again, zero control over how your commits are named. And so I don't do it. So now, uh, if I were to want to put another configuration file in here, I would, um, I would put uh, tell Shemwa to uh, to manage it to manage it, and then uh, in my case, I've chosen auto add, but I would still have to commit it. I give it my nice commit message, and then I would have to then push to origin to master, master to origin. Right, but you- Yes, but you wouldn't have to worry about which to which because we've done the minus u, so you would just say git space push. After going into the uh, Shema directory. The Shema source. you would have done your commit. Yes, right. exactly, exactly. Yes, so that's where you would have done your commit. Okay. So as, you, as you've done your commit, as you've typed your nice message, just do a git push. So that's a, a little bit headbendy because I would be writing uh, uh, Shema space git space commit and in the ne- the next thing I would do would be get space. Uh, uh, okay, sorry, no push either. Okay, so if you're going to use shamewall space git, then you do the same thing for both commands. If you do the shamewall cd and then use raw git commands, so you can either oh, do shamewall cd. I missed that. Okay, I'm, I'm sure you said it last time, but I missed that subtlety because I was doing it today and I did it mm-hmm. using shamewall space git. It's whatever works for you. So if you prefer to do shameless space git, then just do shameless space git space push. Okay, so you would do it the same. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So whichever approach, I tend to just go shameless cd and then just do raw git commands because they're so muscle memory. Yeah. Because ninety percent of my git work is on servers where I don't have a GUI. So while I love doing my development work with the pleasure of a shiny GUI, my day job Monday to Friday is on, you know, SSH sessions into Linux servers. So all of my getting for five days of a week is on the command line. So I just get space blah in my sleep. Right. So, so why bother typing more characters if Shema space CD gets it out of your way and then you work from there? Yeah, exactly. So it really is how it is what works for you and you should do whatever feels right to you. There is no okay. right answer. Okay. I'm glad we had this. I asked, though, because I didn't catch that subtlety that there were two different ways to do this. 
Very Unixy, right? Oh yeah, well, why have things one way? You can have things 20 ways and you get to choose. <laughs> just to confuse you completely. Okay. Okay, so let's move into the second half then, which is our introduction to templating. So just as a refresher to ourselves, right? The, the concept of a template is very generic. So we have seen one implementation of that concept, which was mustache. And if you remember when using mustache, it was mustache.render was the name of the function. And we passed it two arguments. We passed it a template string and we passed it some data. And it would take those two inputs and it would produce as output one string. I like to think of it as like a uh, mail merge in, in uh, Office. <laughs> I, I teed it up because I was almost certain you would say that. <laughs> okay. That's it exactly, right? So you have your Excel sheet as your data and your Word document as your template and you mush them together and out comes your email. Right. Well, it doesn't because it's Office and it takes you three days broken. to do it. But yeah. yeah, it's broken and you forgot a comma or something. But other than that, yeah. Yeah, well, that's how it works, yeah. <laughs> so that is how templates work in general, right? It's template string plus data goes into some sort of black box and out pops a created string that that is com created from the combination of those two inputs. So it's always two in, one out, right? That is the generic templating. So in this case, when we enable templating on a Shamo target, the template string is going to be the content of that target or file in the source. So our source state is going to be a template string. Your so in most actual is the template string. So it's going to have the curly brackets in it. But the source state is a lot of stuff, isn't it? Right, so the source state of a specific target. So if you say that I am going to use templating for you know my first dot file, then my first dot file will be read by Shemois as a template. I think that, will, that what's the missing piece part is I don't know what problem we're solving. I don't know what templating is for. It Why is for allowing you to inject data into your dot files so that they can, you have data and you have like a mail merge, right? You have a generic, you, you have a generic letter and you have some data somewhere else. And the template lets you take those two to produce the output. So the I don't input, know why I would want to do that. Imagine you have 10 dot files that all contain your email address. Okay. You could have your email address as a piece of data. Why would my and then dot files have my email address? Well, your gate one does for a start. Okay. I've never your looked name. inside these dot files. I just know they get created. Like there's 11,000 things in the Joplin dot file. I mean, it's big. I don't know right. what's in it. So, in Next week, we're going to have way more use for templates because next week, we're going to want to do slightly different things on slightly different computers. So we're going to introduce the concept of if statements into our, into our templates. If we're on a Mac, do this. If we're on Windows, do that. But for now, it's a matter of injecting variables to save us the hassle of duplicating ourselves. But that is just one of the things templates can do. So like with a mustache template, you know, in our examples, we're going to take our name and a few things like that as data and put them through the template. Okay. So you have placeholders I, I, that will I, get filled. I, I understand conceptually what it's doing. I'm not yet convinced I have that problem to be solved. Because I don't you know. You may not. You may okay. not, but you definitely will next week. Okay. And so we're, while you we're may solving not it today, before I'm, I'm conv convinced it's a, a thing, but okay. 
Well, even if you never do it across multiple machines, the more you start to do on the command line, the more useful it is to have the same piece of information in one central place so that if you change your email address, as an example, you don't have to go find it everywhere. Where all did I include my email address? Well, I know it's in the Git file, but where else is it? So is, you there, have is that this it, beyond Shemois then? No. This is well, specifically for dot files. Right, it's for what you're... Shemois can only manage what Shemois is managing, right? Shemois doesn't do what you don't tell it to do. I mean, Shemois is self... Shemois manages exactly what you tell it to manage and nothing more. So it can manage things that aren't dot files? It can manage any text file in your home directory. Oh, okay. You don't have to start with the letter dot. Um, okay. You can just say shame space add space tilde slash whatever you like. Okay. Huh. It's just that the most common use cases is your dot files. I always think of dot files as things that just get created for me, that I'm not an, I'm not an active participant in my dot files. You are not yet, because that is that is how you start with dot files. You you start by accepting the defaults, and the defaults are just made for you, right? They're just well, you I don't know something. I don't even know that part. I don't know what's in them. I've got I've got well, one for what, view scan, describing, right? So you're just yeah. a, you're just a regular user. You're working away in the terminal, and one day you do an ls minus al tilde, and it's like, oh look, there's all yeah. these files that start with a dot. There's one for that's cups. Step one. That's a printing system. I I, did, I didn't do anything in there. Actually, do you know who owns Cups? The common Unix printing system? That no. would be Apple. Okay. So but Apple actually run Unix printing for the world. So Cups is actually part of your OS. Right. But do I need to, am I putting configurations into that that cause something? Only if you need something above and beyond. So initially you just accept the defaults, right? But the more, so if you start to become someone who does fancy things with printers, then absolutely you'll want to mess with your Cups file. Just like with SSH, until you start to do fancy things like keys, you never edit your .ssh file. Yeah. But once you start to do fancy things, once you start to go beyond the defaults, you do start to edit your .files. Okay. So the more you start to do on the terminal, the more your .files become a thing you're proactive about. Okay. All like right. Well, I will take it on faith that someday I will think back and think, ah, here's a case where I'm editing a .file. Hmm. And you give us the worked example next time, right? Yeah, and so the the point think of, for today, think of templates as placeholders. Okay. It is some text with placeholders, and we have some data which we're going to place into the placeholders. Perfect. Got it. And okay. next week we need to add a bit more logic where we can be clever about what goes into the placeholder. It's not just a this goes here. It's hmm. we can be more clever. We can add logic, literally. So the the text with the placeholders is our files in the source state. And the output of our template is our file in our home directory. So where's the data coming from, right? Text, template string plus data combined to give output string. Well, we have an input, we have an output. We're missing part of the triad. So our data comes from two places. We get a whole bunch of it for free. Well, we get some of it for free from Shemois. And we're allowed to define our own, which is obviously way more flexible. But the standard stuff makes some amount of sense. So at any stage in time, we can see the data that exists with the command shamewall space data. And it will just list all the data it knows about. And it will list it in JSON format, which is nice and familiar to us. 
So if you just do that before we create any data, just, you know, shame all space data, then I will output a JSON object containing one key called Shamois, which is itself an object that defines Arch for your architecture. Oh, my FQDN fully qualified host name. host name. Yeah, which in my case is blank. Your group, your home dear, your host name, which is really useful. I use, I do a lot of if statements on shamewa.hostname um, because that is literally how I tell my Macs apart. Unfortunately, I'm in that scenario. I don't know if you've ever seen this happens to people sometimes, and I don't know what the solution is where my host name keeps changing. Did it's you ex- getting a number? Did you? Ex- yeah. Hmm. It's calling it MVP-399 now. Sometimes it's okay. 212. It's been changing. That is when MDNS goes wrong. Yeah. Maybe it'll stop going wrong now that I've reinstalled the OS just this week. I hope so. I hope so, because that's most annoying. Okay. Uh, you could do starts with, though, in your if statements. Ah, okay. There you if go. The host name starts with Allison's Mac. We don't care about the number. <laughs> right, right. Um, I noticed uh, it's got a version built by Homebrew. Yeah, so, so that's that the version that was built by Homebrew? Correct. That is Shamewa's version information, okay. should you care about it. Okay. And you will notice that the reason it's in the data is so that Shamewa can keep itself up to date because it knows what git commit it yeah. was built from. Yeah. So it can basically go and see, do I need to update myself based on its git commit, which is kind of nice. So that's how it, That's we get all that for free. Right, which is just so, convenient. So if you want to insert your home directory's full path into a config file, then shamewa.homedir will give you the full path. If you need your username, shamewa.username will give you your username. So there's already so, some so useful things. So this is a template I'm looking at right now? No, no, this is data. This is the data that is available to you oh. to stick into the placeholders. Okay. Right? So think of your mail merge, right? You're going to you have hi... Right. placeholder for name. Well, in this okay. case, you could have, well, actually, you can have name, you can have username. You could have mm-hmm. The placeholder could be shamewa.username. And so you could write your dot file in such a way that you could give it to someone else and they would run it through shamewa and it would be correct for them because everywhere you would have shamewa.username, it would get replaced with Bart or Allison or Tom or Bob or Jack okay. or whatever, right? which is convenient already. So... That's the data we get for free, right? We don't have to do anything else. We just get that data for free. But we can add our own data, which is kind of where the power starts to come in. So we have two choices for where we add our data. And next week, we'll see that there's reasons to use one over the other. But for now, it's it's purely a matter of what you think works best for you. So the first place you can add the data is straight into your config file. So I'm assuming here that you have a config file from last week last installment. But if you don't, you can create one safely with the terminal command in the show notes, which starts with two square brackets and a minus F. That is a terminal command which checks to see if you have a config file, and only if you don't will it create a blank one. So that command is safe to run even if you already have a config file, because if you do, it'll do nothing. Where would the config file be if we had one? Tilda slash dot config slash shamewa slash shamewa dot json which you would access by going shamewa space config or edit dash config. Okay, so you have yourself one very empty config file. Um, at, at some stage at your leisure, I'll let you redefine the edit section so you can put your own editor of choice in there. But for now, um, you can copy and paste the git bit from, from my sample in the show notes. 
And the bit we're talking about now is the bit that starts data. Because literally, the way we define data is by creating an object in our config file named data, and then adding in the key value pairs we would like. So okay. I, I was very imaginative. I defined my name, my organization, and my public-facing email address. Okay. So, um, oh my gosh, I keep making mistakes, but that's okay. We're going to fix this in just a second. Um, so I just want to change the the name organization and email to something that makes sense for me. Yeah. Okay. All right. And then if you, you're in nano now, so is a control X? Control X. And then you say, uh, then you say yes and other things. Uh, and that's, yeah, I, I, I know how to do that part. Cool. I, I rarely use nano. So you're, you're way ahead of me on nano. Okay. That I know how to do. So now when you run the shame data command again, you should see that it contains the shame stuff from before. And then after that, because they're sorted alphabetically, it should say email name and organization. Okay. Uh, you aren't giving me enough time to do all the things you just told me to do. So keep vamping. I'm putting in yeah. my name, the get auto add true, but I, I need to take out this entire line of, um, uh, of the arguments. Cause that one's going to mess me all up because I don't have small Tron. By the way, fun fact to know and tell, the reason I was talking at the beginning, uh, I was talking to Bart about, uh, the Apple applications do not live in your applications folder. They live in your slash system slash applications folder. So when I tried to point to text edit in my config file, it was like text edit's not in your applications folder. That is very interesting. Yeah. Okay. I believe I have now done, uh, got a configuration file that doesn't talk about BART. And so now I do Shemar data again. Yeah. And then hopefully it should say email something you've typed in name. I'm guessing Allison Sheridan. Just, just a wild stab in the dark. And organization Podfeed Enterprises or God only knows what. <laughs> yeah, when I get some typos out of it, it'll probably work. Uh-huh. Well, you can edit it at your leisure with the shame space edit dash config command. Yeah. So that is a way of defining your own data. Just pop it in the config file under data and it does what it says in the tin. You can also create a dedicated file for only data, which is useful for more data, I guess. Uh, this file should be called um, .shamewa data, and the extension will determine the format. Now, we're a same human being, so we're going to use JSON. So in our case, the file would be named .shamewadata.json, and you're saying, all right, Bart, you've told me the name of the file. You haven't told me where. Well, this is where it gets a little counterintuitive. We're now going to put a hidden file in our source directory, and it's not going to be part of our source state. It's going to be in that folder, but it's not going to get copied into your home directory. So you want to edit the you want to edit in your favorite text editor. You want to edit the file tilde slash dot or yeah. Basically, do you remember that the Shema source path will tell you where your Shema is? So if you type Shema space source dash path, it will tell you the big, long, ugly folder. 
yes. But so there, you can, nothing is working at all. <laughs> I have noticed that, yes. Yeah, Bart's watching my my face of consternation. Um, it's telling me I've got an invalid config now again. So there's an error in the file and I can't open it back up again. So uh, I'm not quite sure what to do and I'm having a lot of trouble keeping up because of that. If I type shamewa space edit dash config, it tells me while parsing config in valid character or squirrely bracket looking for beginning of object key string. So in the file I need to edit, there's a mistake, but it won't let me edit it because there's a mistake in the file. Okay, well, the file is tilde slash dot config slash shamewa slash shamewa dot json. So you can do nano space that and then you should find there's an error in your json syntax okay let me try this one more time i really apologize but i don't know this thing is just going bad all by itself i swear i'm not doing it okay so i got a squirrely bracket there at the top and the bottom i got squirrely brackets around the edit oh maybe it's this empty line when i got rid of your uh let's see if that's it so i got rid of so your you don't have an edit track. section I have an edit section, yeah. but I do. I so I. Well, you shouldn't have an edit section. The ah. first you should have open squarely quote git colon. Okay, just go straight to the git one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. See if it likes that. Control X Y Enter. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Shamewa data. I'm way back there still, and I can see it. It's a miracle. Excellent. Okay, good. So we have now added some extra placeholders for when we're doing our templating. And the other place we can add the extra data is in a hidden file inside our source directory. So we can get our source directory with shamewa space source dash path. And that will tell us that it's in, in your case, it'd be slash user slash Allison slash dot local slash share blah, blah, blah. I've lost that where you, I, I have completely lost where you are in the in the in the notes, unfortunately. So I, you were saying that out loud. I don't know where we are. The last thing I did uh, was shamewa space data. Okay, great. So then after that, I'm so straight after that in the show notes, three paragraphs from there, I tell you shamewa space source dash path will show you where that folder is. Or, okay, let's keep things easy. Shamewa space CD will just take you there. Shamewa space CD. Yes. So you're now in the right folder. So using nano, which I was going to say using your favorite editor, but I know what your favorite <laughs> editor is. It's nano. So if you just say nano dot shamewadata.json. So that's all one word. Okay. Yeah. Now okay. A nice empty file. It is. And then in there, you can copy and paste in my JSON and make any tweaks you desire. Okay. Or you can just pretend to be me for a so bit. This is another data file. That we're creating. Correct. You have two choices of where you put data. Next okay. week, we'll see why you actually sometimes want one over the other. But at the moment, we basically have a luxury of two places to put data. Okay. So if you, it's just JSON. So, mm -hmm. you know, you can copy and paste in mine or you can edit it depending on how you're feeling. And then once you save it, and if you type exit to get out of your Shamewa CD, Okay, I, I'm not that fast at I know. editing Sorry, an not. entire um, line of... I, I'm, you're telling me a lot of editing here to do while, I, while I'm on the fly and it's not working. Okay, I'm, I'm going as fast as I can, Bart. That's fine. Okay, all right. 
I'm going to leave me speaking all these languages because I'm just going to have to leave that go. <laughs> You're a polyglot, so, Alice. Yeah, no, I'm not. <laughs> so we're going to pretend that I speak all these languages. Yes. Okay. All right. So I now have a shemoidata.json file. And why did I make that again? Well, because that is your second choice of where you stick your data. You can stick okay. data in your config file or in this special file. Okay. And if you now run the data command, you will now see that you have all the data you got for free, all the stuff from your config file, and all the stuff from your data file. So now, Shamo has a lot of data for playing with in your templates. Yeah, and you're hoping that writing Shamo space data would give me the answer, and I've got that same failure. It's telling me I've got an invalid character again. Oh my gosh. This is hard, Bart. <laughs> Nano dot Data. This is terrible, terrible podcasting. All right. It doesn't like something. Practice your JSON syntax. Yeah, but it's probably more interesting to the audience if it was working. Uh, I see a comma there. I see an opening and closing squirrely bracket. I do or don't want an empty line at the end. It shouldn't matter. Um, but your brackets definitely all have to match. There have to be commas uh, after each piece of data. And unlike in true JavaScript, you have to put quotation marks around the names of your keys and the key value pairs. Yeah, yeah, those are all there. I don't know. All right, let's hope that that empty line was irritating it. We'll try this again. No. Okay, we better just keep moving, Bart, and pretend that worked. I believe you. So we'll go okay. along with the show notes that show that when you said shame space data, it gave us the stuff we got for free in our config file, plus the stuff we added to the config file, plus the stuff you added in your shame uh, data file or your shame I'll get it yet. Shame Indeed. Now, being good Git users, we have now made some changes. So we should now do our Gitting. So if you do, or if you follow along with the show notes, you can see I went cd, and then I did a git status, and I said I'm on branch master, and that I have one untracked file, which is our shiny new data.json. So immediately we've seen a difference between adding data to our config file, which isn't in the repo, oh. or adding data here. So data you want on all of your computers should go here. Data that's specific to a single computer goes in your config file. Interesting. Now I know what the answer is going to be next week. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> so, you know, some boring Git stuff here. I do a Git space add my shameless data file, Git commit, give it a sensible message, Git push, and then exit to come out of my shameless CD. Okay, so we now have data. Are we now, we know that we have our, our input is going to be our source files with placeholders and we have our data. So I guess the next step is to tell you how to make the placeholders. Yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> right? our, our mustache that isn't quite mustache. So we need, Shaymaw needs to know that the specific target should be treated as a template, right? So at the moment, when you say Shaymaw apply, it does a copy. It just takes your .joplin and it just copies it. No changes, just copies it. 
Well, what we wanted to do now is not to just copy it. We want to use it as the input to a template and then copy the output. So we have to tell Shaymois that this is now a template. So we're going to, you can either add a file as a template from day one, or you can convert an existing file into a template. So we're going to do one of each as an example. Okay. So for our right. first worked example, we're going to start by converting a file that I think is already in your Shaymois, which is your git config. Yes. But for any of the listeners who's, who don't already have a git config, there's a command in the show notes to conditionally create one. But I know you have one. Yes. So you can skip ahead to the point where we actually try to do something with it. So before we change the file, let's remind ourselves how git, how Shaymois is storing our files, right? So if we do an ls space minus one, and then in backticks, shamewall space source dash path, that will list all the files in your source. And if we were to pipe that through grep looking for git config, it would show the dot underscore git config is how it saved it. Uh, okay. That was a very um, long way of saying that. So that was, that was very bad English. Was I supposed to be typing all that with you? Well, you copy and paste from the show notes is probably ah, better. There it is. Okay. So so, so what am I doing in doing that? I'm trying to look in the Shamewa source path for where uh, Git config, where Git config is Git config actually is? stored. Okay. Yeah. So we're just reminding ourselves what we learned last week is that Git renames the file. So it's actually D-O-T underscore G-I-T. C-O-N-F-I-G is how Okay, it's so that command doesn't tell me where it is. It tells me what it's called. Or it found yes. the one, the one. It found the one, so we can see that it has been stored internally as that funny name. Right. Let's just put a pin in it. Right? Okay. So now we're going to tell Shaymois that we want to make it into a template. So you do that with the C-H adder, which stands for change attribute. Hmm. So we say Shaymois space... I guess you could pronounce that as chatter. Um, <laughs> chatter space plus template. So we want to add the attribute template. And we want to add it to our tilde slash dot git config. So you so added the, the attribute template to Correct. our dot git config. Okay. Yeah. So it does make sense. It's hard to say, but it is a sane command. Yeah. So when you execute that command, it won't say anything. But if we run that same ls command now, we will see that the internal storage has changed. The internal storage. As in the actual physical file in the source is no longer dot underscore g-i-t-c-o-n-f-i-g. It's now dot underscore g-i-t config dot t-m-p-l. So that tells me it's a template file now. Got it. Which more importantly tells Shaymois. Uh, yeah, we don't really care if Allison <laughs> knows that, but Shaymois knowing it is important, right? Got it. Indeed. Okay. So we can now edit our file with Shaymois edit tilde git config. I can't pronounce it now. Shaymois space edit space tilde slash dot git config, which for you should open nano. And for me, opened good old VI. Well, actually, it opened Smultron. But you know, I don't anyway. know what it's going to open in BART because we never got my configuration to tell me what to open it in. But the environment variable editor should still be there doing its work. No, it seems to go away. I'm back to fork exec. No, does, doesn't know where nano is. Uh, are you? Are, 
if you type exit, are you still in this shamewall CD? I'm in the shamewall. I'm in the shamewall CD. So right e- now. exit back to your shell. Okay. And now your editor should be there. If you do echo space dollar editor in all caps, it should it should you should see the variable. Dollar editor. I do. Okay, so now I can say yes. Okay, good. Then then shamewall edit should work. Nope. No. Same error. Slash user slash bin slash nano. No such file or directory. Boy, we've never had this many problems. Nope. The forward slash is there in the in the in the command is in the output of editor. I copied and pasted shamewall space edit space tilde slash. Right, but the environment variable when you echoed it, it did start with forward slash because you at one stage you were missing the forward slash earlier. Echo space dollar editor says user slash bin slash nano, not slash user slash bin slash editor. There we go. So there's that's why it's cranky. So export space editor in all caps equals slash, etc. Okay, boy, this is oh not valid in this context. Export is there supposed to be a dollar in front of editor? Export lowercase space editor all caps space slash usr slash. So, export space editor shouty no space equals no space slash blah blah blah. It's working. Okay, it's working. Okay, good. So, our git config. You're, you have a git config. It probably already has a section that starts square bracket user. Yes. So in there, it probably says email equals and mm-hmm. name equals. Ooh, I bet we're, we're going to put the template language there. Bing, bing, bing. Nice. So we're going to put two squiggly brackets instead of Allison at podfeed.com? Yes. So it's open. It's, so it's, it's like your mustache. So it's two open curlies and it'll end with two closing curlies. But what goes in between is a period sign, so a dot followed by the name of the key within the Shema data. So we call it email, so it's dot email. Ah. And we call the other one name, so it's dot name. Ooh, my name was Nosilicast. It's going to change to Allison. Yeah. Well, you can change it back later. <laughs> no, I can change it over in the data file. You can, yes. There we go. Okay. Okay. So... We are now ready to turn this template into real output by saying shamewa space oh, apply. So I should save this. You should say, yes, you definitely should okay. say. Okay. All right. And then if you do shamewa space apply, it will run your template. And then if you look at your actual tilde slash dot git config, it will contain the placeholders. And I do that how? Uh, you can cat tilde slash dot git config. Will I put it to the terminal? Uh, slash dot git config. And it, it should says name Allison Sheridan. No longer says no silicast. It's email Allison at podfeet.com. That worked. There we go. That it, We have now done the simplest type of templating. We have put in a placeholder to the name of a variable sitting in the data, and it substituted in the data. Very if exciting. You, if you take out all the problems I had trying to edit any of these files, that actually makes a lot of sense. I, I it believe it or not, I, I hope the audience has been able to travel through this with us because that that did make a lot of sense. Yeah. Now at this stage in the show notes, I do the whole shame on CD, Git status, Git add, 
So I don't know if they do a git out, sorry, because I have auto add on. I just do a git commit, do a git push, and then I exit back out. So I'm right back where I started. And of course, if you're a good git user, you know, you'd be doing separate commits. Commit early, commit often. Mm-hmm. Like like the do old uh, <laughs> Indeed, uh, the old cliche about voting in, was it Boston? Or somewhere where the Irish hang around, you know, where vote early, vote often. Right, right. So... Let's now move on to our second work example, where we're going to create a whole new file that we're not tracking yet and immediately just start its life as a template. Oh. So to do this, I'm going to take you down memory lane very briefly. Not very far, just a little bit down memory lane. So when I was a young one, when I was in university, it was normal for all the university IT societies to run a server, like just the one. It was a giant <laughs> big thing about the size of a fridge. By Sun Microsystems, actually, and E450, if anyone is nerdy Ooh, enough to remember those. I know what those were. Yeah. Yeah, they were big, expensive, and purple. Mm-hmm. Because Sun Microsystems were very avant-garde with their purple servers. Anyway, so we'd all SSH in together. And while we were in there on our terminal, we'd do all sorts of cool things. Like uh, we had IRC-based chat. We had uh, NNTP-based news groups, which were basically forums. We could send each other private messages with uh, the write command. In fact, we had a wrapper for write called hey that was even cooler and one of the things you could do in there was you could try to figure out you basically you could advertise yourself you could make an about me of sorts and the command on the command line to read those was finger so you could finger space the name of the user so i was voyager that was my username for all those Uh years and it was long before star trek voyager it was after the space probe and then they went and made a terrible my least favorite star trek and everyone thinks i chose my username for the star trek i hate <laughs> but anyway hate voyager. voyager was great neelix come on the doctor uh, the way i describe voyager is diamonds in the rough and the diamonds are amazing and the rough is bloody rough <laughs> barton i disagree which like, this is our only is religious rough. objection is which is the better star treks <laughs> yes um Anyway, the finger command still exists. It's right here on your Mac. So you can actually see your own profile if you type finger space, whatever your username is. Uh, or if you're lazy and you don't know your username, the environment variable dollar username in all caps will contain your username. So if you want a version of the command that works always, it's finger space dollar username. And you will see a small amount of information about yourself. So your login is your actual username. It should say your directory, your shell, your full name, how long you've been logged in. Nine days. Ooh. Well, it's been a while since I rebooted. Um, and that's all good and well. But there's a dot file you can use to add more information into your finger profile. It's called Ooh. tilde slash dot plan. And the great thing about tilde slash dot plan is it can be any length you like, and it just gets appended to the end of your finger output. So we used to use it like a microblogging platform. I mean, this is before anyone had ever thought of like, uh, what's that medium or any of those kind of things. So you could write a regularly changing little essay of things in your dot plan and everyone would be watching along because that's how you found out about stuff, right? You, you, you know, finger whoever your favorite person was. So we're going to make a dot plan file because that's a good excuse to play around with templates. So we want to make an empty, not an empty, we want to make a starting tilde slash dot plan file that we're then going to manage with Shema. So using your favorite text editor, if you make a file tilde slash dot plan and just give it, hi there, comma, I'm in your case, type Alison Sheridan from 
And then whatever you happen to have put in your data file, the reason why I'm saying that is going to become obvious in a moment. So we're not using placeholders, right? We're typing real text here. Okay. I don't remember what I put in there. But well, it does, it's not put... vitally important. If, one, okay. if you remember one of them, the point will be made. Okay. I put so in Alison of the Podfeed podcast. Perfect. Okay. Now we're going to say chamois space add space minus minus auto template space Ooh. tilde slash dot plan. So, so while you're adding just, it, you're saying make it a template on your on your way? Yeah, but not just make it a template. So minus minus template would just make it a template. Auto template looks for stuff in the text that is the same value as your variables and replaces them with the placeholders on no. Oh, that's yes. cool. Ooh. So okay. in your case, it's probably only going to find one of them because you may or may not have typed your organization exactly as it is in your data file. But... Regardless, the so minus minus auto template will fill in as many of them as it can. So if we then do a, if we show the content of that file, right? So we don't want to, well, I guess you can edit it. Yeah, heck, the show notes are way more complicated, but we're a bit pressed for time. So if you just do a shame space edit space tilde slash dot plan, we can jump straight ahead. And hopefully when that file opens, it's at the very least going to have squirrely squirrely dot name. It does. Uh, it's got it name does. and it's got organization. So I must have written oh, the same thing twice. Ah. There you go. So I that's the magic of auto template. Yeah. Wow. I think that's really cool. I love auto template. That's crazy. Okay. So immediately there, that's already pretty cool. But so far, I have only showed you how to show a simple string. Well, you may notice that when I made you make the data file, there was an array of languages and there was an object defining all of the different social media profiles with key value pairs, in my case, Twitter and Flickr. So shouldn't we be able to include those in our template? So let's start by looping over the array. Ooh. Hold hold for so, one second. I happen to put yeah. an exclamation point at the end of when I said Podfeed Podcast because I'm always very excited. It changed it into a tilde. Huh. So maybe exclamation point isn't something I'm allowed to put in this type of file. I have genuinely no idea, um, and I would have to go RTFM. Okay. So I'm going to change it to a period because we have enough anarchy with the things I'm doing here. Okay. So... We have in our data file, we had an array called languages, which contained strings, which in, I had put in the various languages. I speak each of them in their local language. So Gaelge for, for Irish, Netherlands for Dutch, and Vlaams for Flemish. Uh, and Francais, because I do have a petit peu de Francais. Um, so we're just going to add another section in, into our template. I speak colon, and then we want to put in a bullet point for each language. And the the way you loop in a, the Shema templates is with the range command. Hmm. So it's open. So it's basically our two mustaches, space, range, space, dot languages. And then we close off our mustaches. And then the end of the loop is going to be mustache end. Okay. And then between those two, everything in there gets repeated. We should call it template, not or what they call template slash text. <laughs> Text slash template. Yeah, text it is the text slash template language. Which okay, are, are the spaces that you've got in there important? Or is that just to make it more readable that you've got spaces? Uh, they're not, your, your squirrely brackets aren't cuddling your, uh, what you've written? 
they will be co- they are not important as they are written right there. They will be important in about five minutes. So I would say get into the habit of putting the spaces in. Okay. All right. And it, it and is range space and then dot languages was saying, this is where I want you to look for it. Yeah. So range says, I expect you to loop followed by, well, what should I loop? And so, and so you would put languages in your, uh, so if you file. open a separate terminal window and do a shamewad data, you'll see that languages is an array. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So th- when you give range an array, it's going to loop over and it's going to repeat whatever's between it and the end once for everything in the array. Okay. And the way you access the whatever's in the array is with the special variable dot. Okay. So wherever we want to have the content of that element in the array, we just put mustache space dot space close to mustache. That's and pretty calling readable. The it is pretty readable. So how do we, well, we could do a, an apply, but maybe we should test before we apply. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe we should make sure we're not making silly mistakes. So how do we do that? Well, if we run chamois space cat space tilde slash dot plan, it will create the template. It will basically process the template, but instead of writing it out into our actual .plan file, it will just spit it out on the terminal for us. So you will see when you do that, it has looped. I speak, big empty line, English. Big empty line, Netherlands. Big empty line, Vlaams. Big empty line, Gaelge. You get the idea. Awesome. So does mine. Apparently, I learned five new languages this, uh, six, four new languages this week. <laughs> well, I was going to say, the English people might argue you don't speak English, but that's a, that's a whole other well, come category. on, you got to throw me one of them that I know, because <laughs> I took four years of French in high school. Maybe that counts. Ah, bonjour. I'm sure you still should have. Yeah, you have to do that much, right? <laughs> Un petit peu. <laughs> okay, so obviously, there's a little bit too much white space getting in here. So we could get rid of the white space by... Oh, because these these empty lines you're talking about in between English, Netherlands, Lambs? Exactly. And they're coming about because because of the way the looping is happening. So I don't have everything sort of all cuddled onto one line because I have it nicely laid out. Mm-hmm. But we don't have to break our layout. Built into the templating language is the ability to strip white space on either side of a mustache. And the way you do that is that you put a minus sign wherever you want the white space stripped. So if you wanted to strip the white space everywhere, you could have mustache minus space range and then minus close the mustache. Wait, we head exploding, to... head exploding. What? Where am I putting a minus sign? In the okay. template? In in the template, in the placeholder where you have the mustaches. Yeah. So in our you can plan. Have a, in our, Yeah. So you see the way it says open, so curly, curly, space, range, space, dot, languages, space, curly, curly. Right. We want to strip out the new line characters after each new line. So the way we do that is by putting a minus sign just before, cuddled against the closing curly. Of what? Of the of where the dot is? The range. Yeah. So you see in the show notes, it says we replace curly, curly, range, dot, languages with curly, curly, range, dot, languages minus curly, curly. Oh, I would have thought you were saying to put it where the the curly curlies with the dot in it was there. Well, you, you that could, is but that's not, not what intuitive. white space is because the star is in front of those. Yeah, I don't. I that boy, that is really unintuitive to me. 
Well, that's why it also was to me. That's why I spent a lot of time with Chaymark Cat until I got that right. Hmm. Okay. You can play around with putting the minuses all over the place because you can put them on any side of any of, of any of the placeholders and it will strip out all the white space Huh. on that side. So you can play around with your heart's content and you will end up with an awful lot of times having English Netherlands Flams all on the one line. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> I did. <laughs> so what it's saying is you're putting the minus after the languages to say when you put in a language, don't add an empty line. Yes. But I don't see why it did add an empty line. Because after that closing curly bracket, I hit the enter key and then I put the star. Okay. And then that would just seem to put each, but that would seem to put a star on each line, but something about putting that enter key in the middle of, of your, uh, templating, that's what caused it to add it. Because it's enter star. And then at the end of it, the end is on another new line. So then it's enter end. So you have an enter star enter. Enter, star, enter, enter, star, enter, enter, star, enter. So if we had crammed it all onto one line, we wouldn't have to put that minus. But it's much harder to read. If you put a minus either side of the dot, then you're definitely going to get it all on one line because you're trimming all the white space around that. Then you can just have star, ring, star, netherland, star, or whatever. So you can trim left or right or both. I see how you got into into messing with this because I've just messed it all up testing a theory. Oh, so did I many times. Okay. But it's really handy to be able to just trim white space with a minus sign. Like it, That's actually a very clever way of, of not making you break your layout. Yeah. You can get your stuff out nicely and just put the minus signs to trim. So right. I kind of like that. Yeah. So, again, shame all space, cat space till the plan. And when you're finished, it'll all look the way you want it to look. Right, Hopefully. right. Huh. So the last thing we're going to do is we need to iterate over. Our object. So we also had a little object called um, social media, mm-hmm. where I had Flickr colon bboo shots and Twitter colon bboo shots, because I'm very boring. I've, I realized as I was typing that up. Some people would have different usernames, but no. I don't. No. So in this case, we're still going to use the range operator, but this time we need to be a little bit more clever. We need to basically say to the range operator, I want you to stick the key and the value into two variables that I am then going to be able to use inside the loopy bit. I could call these anything I wanted. I could call them boogers and snot, but I have chosen to call them key and val to make the point. So it's range space dollar key comma space dollar val colon equals dot social media. So we're saying social media is an object. I want you to give me each of the keys as dollar key and each of the values as dollar value as we go around the loop. Hmm. So then you can see that between the range and the end, I have star space on open curly's key as value, right? So in other words, on Flickr as Bibu shots, on Twitter as Bibu shots. I'm a little confused because you say you've got this thing written twice now. You've got this uh, range dollar key dollar val, and you say colon equals dot social media, and you've got on key dollar value. But then when you show the text file itself, you you aren't using dollar key and dollar val. You've got dollar site right. and dollar uname. Okay, so then I say in the text those values those could be anything, 
Therefore, to make it more intuitive, in this case, it's site and username. So I've renamed them to prove to you that they could be anything. Oh, okay. So they could be hookers or not. Okay. So you've changed them to site and uname, but do we know uh, how? Okay. Hmm. That's just so you can read it, but for somehow it's going to figure out which is site and which is uname? The first variable, whatever you call it, is the key, and the second variable is the value. Okay, so it's going to find Twitter and Podfeet. Yes. Just because they're first and second. Precisely. You could switch it and make it dollar uname and dollar site, and it would still say Twitter, Podfeet. Yeah, because it's keys first, value second. Got you. Okay. And so, finally, we can do a shamewalk cat tilde slash plan, and now we should hopefully have something sane. So it says, hi there, I'm Bart Bouchas from Bartificer Creations. I speak English, blah, blah, blah. You'll find me on blah, blah, blah. That's not a bad, you know, plan. So we can now actually do the shamewalk apply, and we can do our git commit stuff. So in the show notes, you'll see me do shamewalk space apply, shamewalk cd, git status, git commit, git push, exit. Okay. So now I can finger dollar username and it shows me all the stuff it showed me before, followed by hi there, I'm Bart Bouchotsky. And that is how we used to spend our time in the <laughs> IT society. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I they were fun days. And to be honest, I learned an awful lot more from Actually, for those of you who were from Maynooth, it was Minds was the name of our IT society. The Maynooth Internet Networking and Development Society, because we had to backronym it to Minds. <laughs> I love nerds. Yeah, and the icon was Minds with the I as a lowercase i and a chevron at the end to make it look like a prompt. <laughs> That's good. Have a Polish. Yeah, I still have a polo shirt that says Minds and my username underneath. Anyway, yeah, that was fun times. I like it. Okay, so we now have laid all of the foundations for the final piece here, which I think I, I think you will agree with me that it's becoming more clear where we're heading now than it was when we started the segment today. Right? With Definitely, this template. Yeah. With this templating, so if we define on different computers, we have different values for for our name and our email address, immediately that becomes interesting. Organization would be one that would change for me from computer to computer, right? Because and in fact, I, ha- I use different name because for personal stuff, I just put Bart. When I have my work hat on, I'm going to have my full name. The email address when I commit stuff to Git and work is my work address, not open source at Bartificer.net, right? So I can have the same template for my Git config file, but it will get different values on different computers because my Git config file is different on the different computer. Sorry, my Shamewalk config file is different. Ah. It's different data. Okay. And it gets injected in. But we can get way cooler because the uh, text slash template language supports if statements. So we can say if some sort of condition, which could be I'm on a Mac, or it could be I'm on my specific Mac, do this, otherwise don't. So you can leave out bits of your dot files. You can add in extra bits to your dot files. And you can even automatically create your shamewalk config from a template. Oh, that's head twisty. Now that's, <laughs> that's, that is head wrecking. So you can use shamewalk to make a shamewalk config, which is different on different computers. 
Okay. Which is just, that makes your head explode, but trust me, it's really fun to do. So we're going to learn about all that. And then, then we're done. Then we have shame on ourselves completely. All right. But pretty powerful stuff, right? It's, it's a, yeah. You can yeah. see why I like this. I definitely can. I don't know that I'll ever use it, but I'm not the only student in the audience. I still think just if, if all you ever do is have the stuff in Git. Oh, then that for sure. For sure. I, I am very excited about being able to go to a new Mac and just go, yep, it's all there. Yeah. So in reality, what you're going to end up doing is you're going to do, you're going to have it on multiple computers and you're probably going to want to sync it. Right. But what you're not going to want to do most probably is have it be different in every computer. You're probably going to right. want to have the exact same stuff on every computer. And Which we didn't actually means, learn how to do that, how to get it well, down to my other computer. Correct, which is where we're going to start next week. Okay. Next installment. Okay. And then after we've done that, which is the easy use case, then we're going to put our fancy pants hats on and have it customizable. But step one is just have it be the same everywhere. Okay, good, good. And then for those who need it, we can make it, we can tweak it. We can you know, make it a little bit different in one place versus another. Anyway, my dessert is in the oven. So I am going to say that until next time, we should all be very sure to have lots and lots of happy computing. If you learn as much from BART each week as I do, I'd like you to go over to lets-talk.ie and press one of the buttons over there to help support him. He does 98% of the work here. I'm just the stooge that listens to him and asks the dumb questions. If you go over to lets-talk.ie, you can support him on Patreon, you can donate via PayPal, or you can use one of his referral links. I really hope you'll go over and help him out. In the meantime, you can contact me at Podfeet or check out all of the shows we do over there over at podfeet.com. Thanks for listening and stay subscribed.